everything changes. We are the causes of our own suffering. God loves you as he loved Jacob. Think about your life. This is the second time Jacob has been mentioned. Would that be? This is feeling more and more culty. That God loves you as he loves Jacob is the most cult thing I've seen so far. So I'm told that you were just about to lay down for a nap when I said, let's do it. Yes, because I freaking, we agreed that we were going to record today at 10. I called Zane at 9.20. I said, can we record early because I'm just getting home and I know I'm going to get very sleepy. And he's like, no, I'm not ready. And then he took forever and forever and forever and i finally just said fuck it and i laid down and i was all snuggled up and i literally put my phone on loud so that i could hear you if you called or texted put it right next to my face close my eyes and then right in my fucking face that's my phone ringing and i was like god damn it i swear to god my eyes were closed for a second we should point out that we're talking about 10 in the morning, not to that night. Yeah, because I got up at 5 to babysit. And so I was like, you know, I'm awake now as I was driving home if we can just do it right away. But if I just sit around and wait, I'm going to get grumpy. I'm going to get sleepy. That's what right. happened. Right after we finished recording yesterday, I left my house to go do a family thing. And I didn't get back till 1 in the morning. So I did not have time to take notes for today's episode. So I got up and took them this morning. And right as I started, you called. You're like, can we go early? And I'm like, no. If only you knew we were going to record two this weekend and you could have prepped two episodes, you know, not the day of. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Hmm. Welcome back to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we are covering Season 2, Episode 7, Not in Portland. What'd you think of the episode, Lauren? I really liked it. Despite my quite grumpy demeanor, it was a very good episode. I figured you'd like it. I was hoping that Juliet would be a character that you enjoyed. Hopefully that stands true, but let's get into it. Hit me with that synopsis. My synopsis is... As Ben's life hangs in the balance, Sawyer and Kate race to escape. Not even a mention of Juliet in the synopsis. Yeah, I noticed that as I wrote it, but I was just like, whatever, I don't care. (laughs) I've got quick bits. Hmm. This episode was directed by Stephen Williams. An other we meet named Aldo is reading Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. That's the worst quick bit you've ever had. Why? Just that a character was reading a book. About time travel. Who cares? There's been mentions of weird stuff happening with time on the island before. I thought it was worth mentioning. I don't don't agree. (laughs) So sorry. Middleos Bioscience is the company that the others use as a front to recruit Juliet. Middleos is an anagram for lost time. Wait, I'm sorry. 
the guy reading the book, was that an independent clickbait? Mm -hmm. The numbers appear in this episode. The room that Carl is trapped in is room 23. Edmund Burke is another instance of a philosopher's name appearing on the show. He is remembered for his support of Catholic emancipation, the impeachment of Warren Hastings from the East India Trading Company, and his staunch opposition to the French Revolution. Say staunch? Yes. Staunch? That's what I meant to say, but it came out wrong. <laughs> and lastly, a very prominent bus is featured at the end of this episode. On that bus is an ad for Apollo chocolate bars. Mm, nice. I get you're grumpy, but don't take it out on the quick bits. Okay, but if the quick bits were better, maybe I wouldn't be so grumpy. No, you were grumpy to start with. Let's get into it. This episode starts off with a flashback, which we didn't know at first, as Juliet sits on a beach crying, holding a small bag. She walks into a dimly lit hallway where Ethan says hello to her. She goes into a room and puts a record on and opens her bag of needles and medicine, and her sister wakes up. Juliet tells her they do not have to keep doing the injections, and Rachel asks if she is saying that because she does not think it will work or because she's afraid she will find out if it does. Juliet tells her to lift up her shirt and injects her, and Rachel lets out a moan of pain and comments on Juliet's rough nature as a doctor. Juliet tells her that she is doing this because she is her sister, not her doctor. And then Juliet tells her that she does not like her living alone and wants her to come stay with her. Rachel says that she likes living on the beach. And Juliet opens the window, revealing the Miami skyline, telling her everything is on the beach. And an oceanic plane flies over. Well, first of all, pretty sure you said because she will find out if it does. And you meant he. And secondly, I was really confused when I saw Ethan. I think she did say she, though. No, I'm pretty sure she said he, and she meant Edmund. Hmm. I thought she said who, she, who the, like... Who the fuck would she be? Who is she? Juliet. No, she finds out what? All right, hold on. I'm going to the tape. I, pro I promise you he said he. We're going to the tapes, folks. This is a live tape check. She does, in fact, say he will find out. I know. Look, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one today. I can already tell. <laughs> Something I want to comment on before I ask you your thoughts about this flashback storyline. I am a little frustrated with the placement of the oceanic plane in this scene. And I didn't comment on it last week, even though I wanted to, because I forgot. But Kate and Officer Kevin lives or lived in Miami, Florida. They were going to Costa Rica. Their plane tickets were Oceanic brand. Why would they be flying Oceanic if they're not going to the Oceanic area? Which is like the Pacific Ocean, Australia, that area. It's just the name of a plane brand. Yeah, they, f they fly... Over the oceanic area, the Pacific Ocean. They don't just fly all over. What the fuck is the oceanic area? You don't know what the oceanic area is? No. It's the group of islands in like the South Pacific 
that don't like really have a continent. Okay, maybe that's where the where the plane company started. Then they expanded, and now they fly everywhere. That's a dumb name, then. I mean, does Southwest only fly to the Southwest? They're hubbed, and I mean, they don't really have a hub, but like they predominantly fly to those areas. Does Alaska Airlines only go to Alaska? They're hubbed in Alaska. <laughs> I don't even know the answer to these questions. I'm just saying. <laughs> it would. It does. It would make sense if it was like connecting flights, but if you're going directly to like from Miami to Costa Rica, that doesn't make much sense. Just Who noise cares? Me. I, Who... I care. Okay. Who are you? I'm Zane. I'm we said that at the beginning of the episode. Welcome to Laura Gets Lost. <laughs> what do you think of this flashback storyline? Pretty much just Ethan question mark. The entire storyline. Oh, the whole storyline? Yeah, it was easy question. Uh, it was interesting. I thought it was really good because of the reveal that she's like a fresh other against her will is like really interesting. And I love that they hit that guy with the bus. I saw your note. Bring on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> on the island, we pick up where we left off with Jack telling Kate to tell the same story from day one and to fucking run. Sawyer takes a swing at Pickett and Kate takes a swing at Jason. Tom tells Julia to stop the bleeding and stitch up Ben. But Jack says that Julia is not a surgeon and she cannot fix this, which Julia agrees. Sawyer puts a beating on Pickett and Kate tells him that it's time to go. So Sawyer slams Pickett's head into the button three times and shocks him. They're that wet. I feel like that would have done a lot more damage than... That's not, I don't think that's how that works. Water conducts electricity? Yeah, but not just like being wet. You have to be like in a body of water. Like throw a toaster into the bathtub and you're and you're fucked. But like throw a toaster onto, onto a raincoat. I think you'll be okay. I'm not saying it should have killed her. Like I have seen a dog with wet fur with like an obedience collar. And it was like way more painful than like just regular. I, I, feel, I feel like getting electrocuted on top of your head while you're soaked would just do a lot more damage than, oh, I'm unconscious for a little bit. This is why we need a scientist to consult. Just overall. Should I ask Andrew? Is Andrew a scientist? He's smart. I don't. He's not a scientist. I feel like we'd be better off consulting Devin. <laughs> for electrocution? What the fuck does Devin know about that? I mean, this is kind of medical. Like, hey, just getting electrocuted, like, hurt? How is that medical? He got electrocuted on his head. That does not make it medical. Just because, Okay, like... I would say it's we would be better off consulting a nurse than a guy who makes ice cream. Yeah, but Aunt Zane, he's an engineer. Like, he took all of those classes in college. He understands all that shit. I'll go ask him. Pause. <laughs> live question this just in from smarty pants consultant andrew no difference okay specifically he scowled and shook his head at me and then i said can i have some credentials some classes you've taken to back this information up and he said no go away <laughs> look it up on the internet 
So what you're saying is he didn't know. <laughs> no, he knew. He looked at me like I was an idiot and he said no, which seems pretty confident to me. Okay. Well, I also reached out to Devin while you were asking and knowing Devin, we should have an answer within the next seven to 10 business days. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, they leave Pickett and Jason trapped in the cage and take off into the jungle. Tom asks Juliet what she thinks they should do. And she tells the other, the other other to go get Pickett and bring Kate and Sawyer back. Jack says if they do that, Ben will die, and Juliet tells him to go anyway. Jack says this is not a bluff, and he will let Ben die, and Juliet says no, he won't. She then tells the other to kill Sawyer and Kate if he must. Thoughts? That was intense. At this point, I was like, okay, they seem to defer to Juliet as like being in charge, which is kind of confusing considering what's revealed at the end in the next flashback juliet lets herself into a research lab and answers her phone in a hushed voice she confirms her appointment with a dr alpert and then sneaks into the lab to grab test samples in her purse okay just got a text from devin live text everybody i said quote if someone was soaked in rain and they were electrocuted on top of their head would that fuck them up and she said Yes, lol. You idiot. You idiot. Of course that would fuck them up. The question is, would it fuck them up worse than if they were electrocuted on top of their head if they were dry? That's the question. Of course it's going to fuck them up. Then why is he running around the jungle as if nothing happened? That's not fucked up. The question was, should he be running around the jungle? Your whole point was like, well, they're soaking wet, so that should be even worse. And I'm saying them being soaking wet does not make it worse. Okay, I'm saying worse if they were bone dry. Worse than if they were bone dry. You don't even know how to fucking talk. I, how do we have a podcast? I don't understand. I'm, I don't know how to talk. And you literally just go. Eh, eh, eh. Okay, are you trying to? piss me off because you're already pissed off no i'm not pissed off i'm talking shit anyway i love that we've never really had an argument that spans multiple conversations and just keeps coming back up so this is new she confirms her appointment with dr alper and then sneaks into a lab and grabs test samples and puts them in her purse she's interrupted by a man and woman getting frisky in the lab and then her phone rings and ed finds juliet trying to sneak away he asks why she is there, and she lies, saying she fucked up some paperwork, and he asks why it could wait until the morning. Then Sherry asks what's going on, and Ed introduces them, revealing that he and Juliet were married, and then says Juliet was leaving, which she does, but not before Ed asks her to get the lights. Thoughts? Ed, Ed is douche of the week. Wow, that was quick. Did you look at him? I figured it would be, be between Ed and Pickett. Picket, yeah, but like we know. The thing about douche of the week is it's like I could give douche of the week to Jack every week just because I don't like him. But like if I already don't like you, you know, whatever. Douche of the week is like it's an unexpected what? What? You're such a douche, you know? That's why it goes to Edmund. Juliet tells Jack that his plan will not work, as they are not on the main island, they are on Hydra Island, two miles offshore. Tom confirms. Jack is then frustrated that he overplayed his hand, and Juliet says that they should come up with a peaceful resolution. And Jack says, is that why you asked me to kill Ben on the table and make it look like an accident? 
Juliet denies this, and they argue over top each other to Tom before he tells them both to shut up and kicks Juliet out of the room. Juliet says that Jack is lying, and Tom says if she cannot save Ben, she does not need to be here. Juliet tells Tom not to let Jack fool him because he will never just let a patient die. I felt like, I don't know, if I'm Jack, I'm not just going to out Juliet like that. I feel like I want to keep her as an ally. I just don't get it. I mean, I feel like bad move, but, you know, whatever. Why keep her as an ally? Because, like, no matter how this plays out, like, okay, say they get away. Now you're alone with the others and you don't have anybody on your side. And, like, he could have potentially had her on his side and now he just outed her. And I just, you know, I just don't feel like it was a good idea. He just wants control so bad. Uh, he's just like, let me just fling everything at the wall and see what see what sticks. But uh, I didn't like that move. I mean, he's one kind of in a desperate situation where like he should just be flinging everything. I agree, I get it, but I just don't feel like that's gonna help him in any way. I do kind of feel like this was a suicide play by Jack here. The whole the whole move of just like putting Ben's life in danger and telling them to leave and leave him behind. But like, like you said, they deferred to Juliet for like, what should we do? And he immediately needs to call into question Juliet's opinion by saying, Oh, Juliet wanted your, wanted Ben to die. I guess, but I, I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't give him any power to throw her under the bus. Like she's already saying, uh, we're going to kill your friends, you know, just fuck it, kill him. And then he just throws her under the bus like that's not going to change anything now she has no reason to help you on the outside picket calls for help in the cage and the other other comes running out and lets them free meanwhile kate and sawyer are hightailing it through the jungle where they reach the shoreline and kate sees the island they immediately start running along the shore looking for a boat and sawyer jokes that they should just stop and ask for directions this causes kate to flip on the walkie and ask for jack telling him that they need a boat Jack asks Tom for a boat, but he does not assist, and then Pickett and the others shoot the walkie out of Kate's hand. They're that accurate, or they have really bad aim and got lucky. I think they're that accurate. Well, then why not just shoot them? Because it's awesome to shoot the walkie. <laughs> like, that's cool. Well, then they also missed every single shot after that. Yeah, that <laughs> makes no sense. They're able to shoot the walkie, and then they don't. So I guess, honestly, it's probably just a lucky shot. Like, they missed and hit the walkie. But I like to think that, like, someone was a really good shot. Only stormtroopers have blasted knocks this precise. Whatever. Sawyer returns fire, and we get a chase scene through the jungle. Eventually, they hide behind trees, and Sawyer takes his last shots at Jason. He misses, but before Jason can shoot Kate, Alex hits him with a rock and tells the survivors to come with her. They run into a t- patch of tall brush and hide in a foxhole. Pickett and his team practically stand on top of them, but keep moving. And then Sawyer says it's nice to, nice to meet Alex and gives her her own nickname. Yep. You had more of a note than just, yep. What did I say? You said, I knew Alex was going to come to the rescue. So oh, I'm assuming okay. you're not on your notes. You're playing a game. No, I was actually Googling being electrocuted wet versus dry. <laughs> I can't let it drop. <laughs> it's easier to get electrocuted when wet, but he was getting electrocuted regardless. 
It also reduces the wrist resistance of the body. Ow. Ow. I just cut myself. That to me sounds like you were finding out that I was right. No, not necessarily. Okay. It's, just that I, it's just that I pinched my finger really bad. And so Let, let's put it to bed this way. Do you remember that outlet we had on the back porch in the Angel House that would always electrocute us? Mm-hmm. Would you rather touch that with a dry hand or a wet hand? Wouldn't matter. I think it would matter, and you know it. It wouldn't matter. I think you Anyway, <laughs> I knew Alex was going to come to the rest. <laughs> Tom asks if what Jack said about Juliet was true, and he says yes, and she will get her wish in about 40 minutes. When Ben comes to and says that is not helping, and then asks for Juliet. How did you react to Ben being awake? I was like, what the hell? I wanted to comment on this last week. Have you ever been put under by, like, whatever they use? Yes. I have heard that people are like, I'm going to fight it. And then, like, the second they do whatever it is they do, you're just like, nope, and you just are out. Yeah, I didn't try to fight it. I, um, but I remember they were like, count backwards from 100. And I said, 199. And I was out. Why do they start so high? If, you, if you're just out after like three seconds? I don't think it matters. They just tell you to do anything. I, I, I want an anesthesiologist to say, count back from three. And see if like, maybe it's like, oh, I only have to get to one. And like, because I doubt that's it. But like, why starts? Because Jack started at 20. You apparently started at 100. Why so high? If you're not even going to make it past three seconds. Because it's funny. True. We get a flashback. As Juliet works, Sherry tells her that Ed wants to see her in his office. Juliet asks if she works there, and Sherry says that she is the new research assistant. Juliet said, of course she is, and then heads to Ed's office. Ed tells her that he wants in on her research, and she pretends not to know what he means, and then Ed tells her that he has read her notes and knows what she has taken from the lab. He just does not know the test subject. Juliet says that her research was done at her own lab at her own time, but Ed cuts her off saying it must be Rachel. He says her research is either genius or unethical and criminal, but if she collaborates with him, then it could be viewed as cutting-edge science. Juliet does not respond, but Ed tells her to think about it. What did you think about this proposition by Ed here? I think he's a douche. <laughs> it really annoyed me when he was like, oh, it's unethical. It's like, yeah, so sleeping with your research assistant. Tom gets Juliet from outside, telling her that Ben is awake. She asks how, and Tom says that Jack said he is a surgeon, not an anesthesiologist. I tried to spell that word on the first go. And I typed it out, hit space. The red line did not appear. I was so proud of myself, the red line appeared. I was like, why would you give me a second to be proud? I don't think I can spell that. Well, our spelling ability is going to be put to the test this Friday, folks. Tune in for the spelling bee. Yay. Who do you think is going to win? Let's lo- let's lock it in now. I'm going to be so honest. Like, I'm a really bad speller. So am I. <laughs> it's a toss up I'm gonna say me because I read a lot mm. and I'm a really bad speller I'm gonna say you because I know that every time I do the notes and even at work when I'm typing 
I get red lines a lot. However, I think it's more likely that you beat me, but I think the most likely scenario is that neither one of us score a single point. <laughs> no, I think I'll, uh, I'll get some stuff right, but like I also think I'll get a lot of stuff wrong. Kate and I were at the raffle yesterday, and we just put all of our numbers in a notes app rather than just like having to go through all of them. We just had our ranges and neither of us won anything. So I just deleted the note. And then all of a sudden she's just like, why do I have a note that just starts with a really weird word? And then she immediately covers her phone and she's just like, that's the spelling bee. (laughs) You're trying to cheat. I wasn't trying. I didn't even, I didn't even realize I did notice that she had multiple lists that just said like birthday wishes. <laughs> it was just like, you can't just make one list. I have an ongoing note in my notes app. That's just, it's called way too early Christmas list. And I just put stuff on it all year of stuff I want for Christmas. Let's go over our Christmas list real quick. What do you got on your Christmas list? Oh, I don't think I have a lot on there. Oh, I have these gold hoop earrings that I saw that I want. I want a Kindle, but I haven't put that on there yet. Why do you want a Kindle? Because I read on my phone and I'm going blind. So mm-hmm. I just need a bigger screen. Um, I have a pod rocker, which is like one of those chairs that dad has. But I've had mm-hmm. that on my list forever. And I just never asked for it. And a jet boiler, which is for camping. And I've nice. also had that on my list forever. And I don't ask for it. And I also put ideas for people on here. So I have for mom, it's blank because I bought her everything. And for Andrew. What about for dad? He never tells us what the fuck he wants. Here's my Christmas list. It's only big things, but I did. I was having a conversation with mom the other day about like what what we're going to do for Christmas. And I was like, I feel like I should see you since last year our Christmas plans fell apart. And she said, yeah, I agree. And I said, respectfully, mom. I will drive to you if the gift is another plane ticket. I was like, I've gone two years in a row where my gift has been a plane ticket that I cannot utilize. I would like things for Christmas this year. Selfishly, I was like, very selfishly, I'm going to be asking for things and not plane tickets. But so far, all I have is golf club, starter set, new suit, and new Apple Watch. I'm like, I said, I don't expect to get any of these things, but it's the only things I want. And I'll just take one of them because they're all expensive. You want to golf? Yeah, I want to golf. Ew. Why ew? That's so lame. If you get a new Apple Watch, can I have your old Apple Watch? Is it broken? In Why pieces. is it? A... Why? What happened? I was just messing around with Kate one time, and then all of a sudden she's like, hey, what's that random screen thing? And I'm like, oh, that's my Apple Watch. Apparently it broke off. Shortly after I realized it was broken, Kate just started laughing. And I was just like, oh, I'm so glad you think this is funny. This wasn't expensive at all. It's a little funny. Okay, Devin just texted me. The question was, worse than bone dry? And she said, I feel like yes. So, results inconclusive. If anybody is like an electricity scientist. Or an electrician. (laughs) That'll do. If, if you know the answer with confidence, go ahead and message me, not Zane, because if I'm wrong, I'm not going to tell him. We could put a poll <laughs> for the, the poll for this episode. Is it worse to be electrocuted, wet or dry? 
Well, it's not that it's worse. I think it's either worse wet or it's the same. It's definitely not worse dry. I feel like it's worse wet, Lauren. Maybe. Who knows? Because, like, if it if it wasn't worse wet, then why would, like, the puddle matter? Versus I'm just standing on dry land. Because the water, it's about standing in, like, the body of water. But be just mm-hmm. being wet, I think it's different. And also, let's hold off. We could argue about something else that needs to go in a pool. It's early. You're right. It's, it's early. It's early days. It's early days, babe. Babes. Is it me or are we getting off topic a lot more easily these days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just realized we started with anesthesiologists. <laughs> we got all the way there. <laughs> God, that's such a disaster. We were on notes app, Christmas list, back to the electrocution. Okay. So I asked Alex if it's a hobby of hers digging holes. And Alex says she likes to weave baskets too and offers him one. He then asks if she has a tunnel to the main island and she says that she has a boat. Kate asks if they can use it and Alex says yes, but they have to go now. And Sawyer asks, what's the catch? Alex then tells them that they need to save her boyfriend first, and Sawyer asks if his name is Carl, which Alex says yes. Were you excited for the return of Carl? No. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Carl, but I was excited that I was basically right about almost everything. Yeah, you really were. You, it's interesting to me that you said, I hope Alex is someone's love interest, and you never really said Carl until she basically made it clear that Carl was her boyfriend. I think I said that before I realized she was 16. Because mm. she's very pretty, but I thought she was much older. When like, did you realize she was 16? I because, have no idea. Because uh, Danielle's been I... on the island for 16 years, and she said she gave birth on the island. <laughs> Don't ask questions. <laughs> Jack tells Ben he stopped the surgery, and Ben says he's aware because he has been able to hear them for the past few minutes. Ben then says it was clever of him and he should have seen it coming. Jack asks if he's in pain or if there's anything he can do, and Ben says no, but thanks him. Juliet returns and Ben asks for privacy between the two of them. Jack says no, but Ben asks one gentleman to another, saying it won't hurt to give him a few minutes, knowing that he only has 27 minutes left. Jack tells Juliet that if she tries anything, but Juliet says she won't, and then he gives them three minutes. Through the observation glass, Jack watches them, and Tom introduces himself. Which Jack doesn't say anything to. Two things. One, I feel like I like Tom. Good guy. I really like Tom. Second thing, it's interesting to me, I understand the purpose of it, but it's interesting to me that we get Jack's, basically Jack's perspective on this conversation, even though it's a Juliet-centric episode. Why is that interesting to you, Lauren? Because typically when it's a that character centric, like we're getting everything from their point of view, but we don't even get to hear the conversation. So I just thought, hmm. I like Tom too. Other than Juliet and Ben, he's my favorite other for sure. Can you name any other others besides those three? Yeah. Pickett, B, Carl, Alex. Someone someone starts with a P or something. No, but that's Pickett. 
There wasn't the other one from today. Bogey or something. Aldo? Jason? Yeah, Aldo. That's who I was thinking. Bogey. You, you could have said Ethan or Goodwin, but they're both dead. Oh, they're dead. Well, Pickett's dead, too. Now? Tom tells Jack that Juliet and Ben have history, and then Juliet leaves the room, telling Jack that she would like him to go back into the OR and put Ben under and finish the surgery. Jack asks why he would do that, and she says because she is going to help his friends escape. What do you think that they said before it was revealed later on? I didn't even, like, I didn't speculate. I just, like... So long for the ride. Yeah, exactly. Were you, like, looking all over the room when you were watching the episode, too? No. I was quite focused yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday was a different day. (laughs) In the next flashback, Juliet sits in on her appointment with Middle-Ost Bioscience and Dr. Alpert. They keep going back and forth between doctor and mister. I'm not really sure what he was supposed to be. This guy looks so familiar. Is he in Vampire Diaries? I don't know, because I haven't watched it, but his name is Nestor Carbonal, and he plays the mayor in the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Maybe that's why I know him. He just looks like a guy who should play a vampire. Is it because the eyeliner? Yeah. That's his natural eyes. I know. He told a funny story one time about how he was in line at a grocery store, and somebody saw him and was like, wow, those are natural. And they thought, he thought, they were referring to his wife and he got really upset. All right, let me see here. I probably just know him from Batman. Albert shares that they are privately funded, which means freedom. Juliet says that she is flattered that they reached out, but she is unsure why they wanted her. And Albert asks if it's true that she impregnated a male field mouse. Juliet laughs, saying that he did not carry to term. And then Albert asks if she sees anything interesting in sonogram photos. She says it's the womb of a woman in her 70s. And Albert says that she was 26. Juliet asks what happened, and he says that he will give her complete money and freedom to find out. He says that she is special, and they want her because they think she is that good. Juliet says that she can't, and Albert asks why, and Juliet says that her ex-husband would never allow her to do this, and that he does not want her to have anything. Albert says that there must be something that he would respond to, and Juliet says if he were hit by a bus. She apologizes for saying that, and then runs out. Albert says that it's okay, and Juliet says that whatever they think she is, she is not, because she's not a leader. She's a mess. And boy, is that relatable. (laughs) I knew they were going to hit him with a bus. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Any other thoughts about this moment? No, I just kind of knew what it was going to be the whole time. What do you think happened to that woman's womb? I don't know. Magnets. No idea. So are we just going to like let that be an out- ongoing theory or is that put to bed? No, that's just a joke. Or was it? Juliet goes into the monitoring room and searches the cameras, finding Sawyer and Kate with Alex in the jungle, which she's not happy about. The trio sit outside a guarded section of the Hydra station, and Alex says Carl has to be in there since it's the only place she has not looked. Kate asks if she knows the guard, and Alex says that his name is Aldo, which Sawyer makes fun of. He asks if she has a plan, and Kate does. Alex takes the gun and pretends that Sawyer and Kate are prisoners, telling Aldo to open the door. 
That's fucking Rob McElhaney. Indeed it is. I saw him and I was like, he looks like Rob McElhaney. And then we get closer. I said, that is Rob McElhaney. He just looks so young there. It was crazy. Big fan of Lost. So he got to be on it. That's pretty cool. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah? You like Always Sunny? Yeah. How is that show still on? Like, how has it not just been like... (laughs) It's still funny. We still watch it. It's still funny, but like, it really pushes the envelope. (laughs) Yeah, but like, that's what it is. The like opening scene of episode one is so horrible. Yeah. Like people say, oh, they can't make the office today. I'm like, well, they're still making always sunny. Yeah. You just gotta own it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've recently started watching Superstore, which is a relatively recent show, and they just make fun of everyone. That's with America Ferrera? Yeah. I love that show. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Kate was watching it. She was watching that and then she finished it. And so she started watching Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Mm. She said that one's not as good, but it's like got a cult following. I like um, on HBO. The other two. Not I recommend it. It's good. Kate recently told me about a show called The Sinner that she really likes. It's like an anthology series, but like each season is about like a specific case. So I might start watching that. Hmm. Otto tells Alex to stop that if her dad found out that she was there he would kill him and Alex says her dad is the one who told her to bring them there and that he should call him Otto takes the walkie and calls for Pickett saying that he needs Ben he says that Alex has Sawyer and Kate and Sawyer then knocks Otto down taking his gun Pickett over the radio tells Otto not to believe her and Alex steps on the walkie I feel like it would have been useful to keep that it's not like a they can track them, but like it would be nice to hear the others communicating, but whatever. Sawyer then tells Aldo not to be mad because he was dumb enough to fall for the old was Wookiee prisoner gag. Oh my oh. god. Are you shitting me, Lauren? I didn't catch it the first time, and I was like about to be like, what did you say? And then I got it. I got it. I got it. Alex asks where Carl is, and Aldo says he does not know. Kate tells Sawyer to shoot him in the knee which causes Sawyer to freeze. Kate takes the gun, saying they don't have time for this, and then Aldo says that Carl is in room 23 and the keys are in his back pocket. Kate then knocks him out with the butt of the gun, and they break in. Sawyer says he really thought she was going to shoot him, and Kate says that she was. They find room 23 and let themselves in. Carl is strapped to a chair with an IV hooked up and glasses forcing him to watch the images as music is playing and images flash across the screen. As Alex frees him, Sawyer and Kate for a little bit get sucked into the images. I wouldn't even begin to describe the images because there's just so much going on there, but basically it's a bunch of things changing into different phases, but there's text that says everything changes. We are the causes of our own suffering. God loves you as he loved Jacob. Think about your life. This is the second time Jacob has been mentioned. Who'd that be? This is feeling more and more culty. The God loves you as he loves Jacob is the most cult thing I've seen so far. I really didn't think this, the others had anything to do with religion. And now I'm just like, oh, am I wrong? Well, keep in mind, when Ben was Henry, he said, God doesn't know how long we've been here. That's what I know. That's the thing is that I kind of thought that confirmed for me, like, uh, they they don't have anything to do with religion. 
why is it talking about God in their in their scary room? Kate has to call for Sawyer to get him snapped out of it, and he lifts Carl over his shoulder, and they leave the room. Alex asks if he is okay, and Sawyer says they have Carl. Where's the damn boat? So what do you think all that was about? That's a form of torture slash brainwashing, I guess. First, when I just heard the loud music, I was like, oh, it's a torture room. Because I know that's like a form of torture. Then with the video, I was like, I don't like it's like to break someone, I guess. But he's already one of them. Yeah, but he was rebelling. Was he? All we know is that he was in the cage. Yeah, but he tried to help Sawyer escape. So he could escape. Sawyer was just a decoy. Yeah, but still, he was in the cage, so he wasn't listening. So they were like, well, we got to break him. What do you think he did? Tried to pork the leader's daughter. <laughs> is that also, enough? I'm assuming this is the room that Walt refers to. Or Yes. Yeah. This is indeed the room. I did not hit her. Pickett wakes up Aldo by slapping him and asking where they went. When Juliet runs up telling Pickett they are letting them go, and it was Ben who gave the order. Pickett says Ben is in surgery, and Juliet tells him that he woke up, and Jack would not finish the surgery without knowing his friends are safe. She asks if he wants Ben to die, and Pickett says he knows Ben would rather die than let them go. What do you think about Pickett's just, like, undying motivation to kill Sawyer? I don't, he's not a very complex character. I mean, I just what you see is what you get. It's always bothered me that he, like, wants to kill Sawyer. Like, I get you're mad that Colleen died. But, like, you know for a fact it wasn't Sawyer. Why aren't you, like, leading the charge to go kill the rest of the people? I think because he hates them as a collective. And Sawyer's just the one that is in his face being a dick all the time. So he's, like, fixated on killing him first. I think he, if he killed Sawyer, he would go kill everybody else, too. But In the next flashback, Juliet returns to her apartment and finds Rachel, who asks how the interview went. Juliet says it was not for her and that it is too far away. Rachel says she hopes that she did not say no to them because of her, and Juliet says she does not want to go to Portland for research that does not work. Rachel says that it does work. She reveals that she's pregnant and shows her a positive pregnancy test and that she also took a blood test, saying she didn't want to tell her until she was sure. Julia is shocked to hear that her tests, I guess, worked. And Rachel hugs her, saying that all she ever wanted in her life was to have a baby, and now she is going to because of her. She says now she has to get healthy. Uh, I haven't talked about it, but Rachel has cancer. Juliet says that she will, and then Rachel says that she can tell her bastard ex-husband what to do with his ethics. What did you think of this reveal, and what do you think of Rachel? Juliet's a smarty pants, and Rachel seems like a nice girl. She looks familiar. Oh my. (laughs) Uh, Rachel is played by Robin Weigert. And just quickly scrolling through her IMDb, there's nothing other than Lost that I would, like, recognize her from, except she did play Bo Peep in an episode of Once Upon a Time. But I obviously would have seen her on Lost first. Ed is on the phone talking to his mother, calling her insufferable and mean, which is hilarious. When Juliet calls out to him, she tells him that Rachel is pregnant and that her research worked. 
and he says he will need to see her labs and confirm her findings as he starts crossing the street, but Juliet says that she's not interested in publishing because this is her sister. Ed says that's fine, but if she's not interested, then why is she concerned with... And then he gets hit by a bus. (laughs) Your reaction? Awesome. (laughs) Loved it. This is another one of those moments where it's like, what are two scenes that give off the same energy? It's this scene and the scene in Mean Girls. Yeah. It's not even the same energy. It's just literally the same scene. (laughs) At least she survived. Yeah. I did think it was weird that he just like, he starts crossing the street and Juliet like stops him by talking and he says, okay. And then he walks into the street a little bit further. It was like he missed his mark or something. I think it was just like, it's just a typical, like I'm maintaining control in this situation. Like I'm controlling the pace and everything and I'm going to walk away from you. So he just keeps moving and then he gets hit by a bus. Yeah. Which is awesome. (laughs) Bring on the bus. Jack asks if Tom is okay, and he says that he does not like blood too much. Really made me think of Hurley. Jack holds up part of the tumor, saying he wouldn't want to look at that, which is just like, it's not really like that big a deal because he is still being held hostage, but like, dick move. I mean, you gotta entertain yourself somehow. Yeah. Jack asks if they can leave the island. Why do all of this? And Tom says, ever since the sky turned purple, but Jack nicks an artery, cutting him off. And Tom asks, isn't that what he already did? And Jack says, well, that part was on purpose. Then Tom asks if he can fix it. I really wanted to know what he was going to say. I'm bothered by that because Jack said, why do all of this? But the plan was to do all of this before the sky turns purple. True, true. It's a cop-out answer. The trio arrive at Alex's outrigger. They set up the sale, and Sawyer comments on Alex being Ben's daughter. Which you have not said anything about yet. Well, obviously it's just because they took her as a baby, so I guess Ben was just like, I'm your dad. But I'm confused because I thought Kate knew that this was Danielle's daughter. So why isn't she saying anything? What was she supposed to say? Well, I don't know. She doesn't even react to it at all. Like, she knows that's not Ben's daughter. Well, she probably just assumed the same thing that you assumed. Yeah, but why you wouldn't say something to Alex and be like, I've met your real mom. Bigger fish to fry. I guess, but I would say something. I would say something like I'd be getting in the boat and I'd just be like, by the way, they kidnapped you as a baby and I know your real mom and she's on the island we're going to. Do you think Alex does not know that? No, I definitely think she thinks Ben's like actually her dad. I will say, I think they did a really good job casting Alex because she kind of does look like Ben a little bit too. Like the eyes. I don't think so. I think, (laughs) I mean, whatever. If somebody tells you that your dad and you have no reason to think that he's lying, you're just going to think it's your dad. But... I just think it would have been awesome if they had like gotten in the boat and just dropped that bomb. Just been like, they kidnapped you and your real mom is over there still looking for you. They throw Carl into the boat and he reveals that Danny is behind them. He cocks his gun and Kate runs to Sawyer. And I have to say, this was such like a a weird dramatic moment for Kate because like normally if if like there's 
a gun being pointed and someone says no. They kind of like throw themselves in front of it or whatever. But Kate just says no and then runs behind Sawyer. I think she like was intending to like push him out of the way, but then everything happens so fast that she kind of ends up behind him. Yeah. I think I, that wasn't like what was supposed to happen. I think it was it was just shot really weird. Also, it's so awkward to run in sand. So it just like the whole thing just did not land for me. Mm, I thought it was fine. But Juliet calls to Danny and then opens fire into his chest, killing him. Well, I asked you if anyone was going to die this episode. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think so, but I'm glad that this is who died. Other than that, did you have a reaction? Juliet just killed another. She's stone cold. She just does what she has to do. I like that. I love seeing the comparison of Juliet and the flashback to Juliet now in this episode, because like, in the flashback, you know, she's a little more emotional, bit homely, like curly hair thing kind of going on, calls herself a mess. And this one, she's just like straight hair, straight edge personality. I don't think her hair is straight. I mean, it was just like up in a bow, but like compared to what it was in a bow, not in a bow, it was up in a bun or whatever ponytail. But like compared to off island, her hair was like curly as hell. On the island, it was just, like, sleek. It wasn't curly. I mean, it's just because it's up. But I'm pretty sure she's not, like, straightening her hair every day on the island. Maybe she gives herself blowouts. I don't know. I'm just saying. I just, it's, I, okay. There is a noticeable difference between Juliet's hair on the island and Juliet's hair off the island. You're yeah, insane. Yeah, I understand that. But it's not that it's not curly. It's just, like, curly in a different way no it's like she almost has a fucking perm off island mm, i understand that off island her hair is really curly but i still i've always pictured i've always viewed her hair as curly like i can see the texture in her hair wrong but anyway okay what the fuck do you know about women's hair i know so much about women's hair i know more that, about it than you in the OR, Jack tells Tom that he needs his help, otherwise Ben is going to die because there's too much blood. But back on the beach, Juliet tells Kate and Sawyer to leave, but Alex has to stay, otherwise Ben will just hunt down and kill Carl. She says that she's sorry, and then Carl says that he missed Alex, and she says that she missed him too. But now he has to go away, but they will see each other again soon. Carl says that he loves her, and Alex kisses him. They begin to push the outrigger when Juliet tells Kate to stop, giving her the walkie. Jack and Tom are struggling when Kate calls in, and Jack tells Tom to hold the walkie up to him. Kate tells him that they have a boat, and Juliet is letting them go, and Jack asks if they are safe to tell the story. So Kate tells him the story of when he was doing surgery on a girl, and he made a mistake, tearing something on her back, and the nerves came loose. He said that he was afraid, the fear was so real, and he did not know what to do. So he counted to five, and then he was not afraid anymore, and he saved the girl. And as she tells the story, what he is doing to Ben really mimics it. Kate begins to cry, and Jack saves Ben. And then Jack tells Kate to make him a promise. A promise that she will not come back for him. Kate asks where Jack is, and Jack tells Tom to turn off the walkie. Sawyer then takes the walkie and tells her that it's time to go. They push the outrigger into the water, raise the sail, and paddle away. 
All I could really focus on in this scene was how Sawyer was like watching her. And he just had that look of anguish on his face. I just think I'm wondering, like maybe I'm I'm deep in it, but, but it just makes it makes me feel like, you know, they love each other, but he's looking at her and he's like, she loves him too. And that's hard for him. Cause she's crying like a baby. Or it just hurts him to see her hurt. I don't know. Okay, so much more happened in that scene other than Sawyer's look. <laughs> oh, I don't care about the rest. What? So they're leaving Jack. We already knew that. Yeah, but now he says, don't come back for me. That's a typical Jack move. Uh, it kind of goes against the whole live together, die alone thing. Yeah, but, you know, like, Jack doesn't believe that for himself. He's a martyr. Do you think Kate will actually not come back for him? I don't know. We'll see. Please tell me that look of anguish is not enough to give Sawyer Hottie of the Week. I heavily considered it. God. I did. Honestly, I didn't actually write down a Hottie of the Week. I was just going to let my reflecting during the episode lead me. And I am going to give it to Juliet. Thank God. For shooting Pickett. <laughs> she's just like stone cold. I like the confidence. And she's very, very, very beautiful. Indeed she is. Last week, you and Kate discussed how you don't like blondes. I do. So it's nice to finally have one. Yeah, whatever. We get a quick flashback of Julia at the morgue with Ed's body. The coroner leaves her with some paperwork and tells her to take her time. And then she starts crying as she's filling it out. At the OR, Jack watches Ben laying on the table when Juliet joins him. She asks how it went, and Jack says that he got all of the tumor. He then asks what now, if he'll go back to his cell, and Juliet says until they figure out what to do with him. Jack comments on her use of the word they, and asks what Ben said to make her want to save his life. Juliet says it does not matter, but Jack says it matters to him, and after everything he has been put through, he wants to know. So this is another one of those moments where Jack is prying for information that doesn't necessarily concern him. But personally, I think it's valid. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. We get a quick flashback as Juliet cries. Ethan gives her a tissue. She recognizes him and asks if they've met. Then Albert joins her and says that he is sorry for her loss. She asks why he is there, and he says that he saw what happened on the news and wanted to express his condolences in person before going back to Portland. He introduces Ethan as a colleague. Juliet says that Ed was hit by a bus, and in their interview, she said that she wanted him to get hit by a bus. Alfred says he knows that she is shooken up, but this was just a tragic accident and that she cannot blame herself. He does not even recall her saying that. She again asks why he is there, and Albert tells her that they are serious about her working for them, and asks for six months. He says that she will be back before her sister even gives birth, and Juliet asks how they know about that, and Albert says that they are very thorough. Juliet asks if Rachel can come, but Albert says that they are quite remote, and they will not have access to the treatment she needs. Juliet says there are plenty of clinics in Portland, and he says they are not quite in Portland. And then Ethan flashes his creepy smile. So I feel like without Ethan, 
And without this title episode being not in Portland, you could have thought maybe this wasn't the others, but the entire time it was very obvious that this was the others. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty obvious. So what do you think about the fact that they hit Edmund with a bus just to get her? It's pretty awesome. How did they even organize that? Yeah, I know. To, to hit someone with a bus planned, I feel like that's pretty difficult. And then what are they just sitting down the street waiting for him to just get yeah, I mean, you could see the bus just sitting there when they walk out. And I'm like, how long have they had someone in that bus? You think it was Ethan? Ethan in the bus? I'm going to go, yeah, it was Ethan. On the island, Jack asks again, and Juliet tells him that he she has been on the island for three years, two months, and 28 days. And she says that if she let Ben live and help Jack, then Ben would finally let her go home. And then she leaves the room crying. And that is how the episode ends. It's a good episode. <laughs> I really bothers me. This like parallel between Ben and Edmund. Like we see him have made comments before. Like, oh, you never made soup for me. And then Tom says, oh, they have history. And it's another situation of someone who has power over her. And there's some sort of romantic tension there or whatever julia just keeps finding herself in these situations with ugly men too oh my how dare you beauty is in the eye of the beholder okay this beholder says ew (laughs) what do you think happened that caused julia to be there for significantly longer than expected i don't think they ever were planning on letting her go back do you think rachel's okay no idea what do you think of the mysterious mr albert Part of me was like, is he Jacob? But that seems like it's too real. Like, not real. Too um, too easy, too obvious. Like, oh, a mysterious Jacob. And then like a random guy. So, like, he's just like their uh, liaison, if you will. But he is creepy. He definitely has the face of somebody that could make for like a, a creepy cult leader. Why did the others want Juliet? Well, we've seen their obsession with like babies prior and she's a fertility specialist and quite good at it. So I think they're just trying. They need fertility help on the island. But like, in there must be something deeper going on. But it's just something to do with that. Probably not that deep. <laughs> it's always deep. It's lost. What do you think is going to happen to Jack now? Ah, uh, I don't really know. Maybe they'll, no. I, I don't know. Do you think there will be repercussions for what Juliet did? I mean, technically, they're supposed to let her go home. She killed ben... Pickett. Oh, who fucking cares? They might. Pickett was one of them. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with no. What do you think Sawyer and Kate are going to do with Carl and once they get back to the main island? She's going to like become part of camp, probably. The Saeed's probably going to question him like a lot about what the others are doing, like their whole situation. You think Ben will actually let Juliet go home? Nah, but maybe he would let her go to the other island. I don't know, but I'm going to go no. And lastly, who is next week's episode about? Uh, hmm. Said. Why? 
I'm hoping that next week is like they get back and they've got Carl and Saeed's like, what the fuck is going on over there? That's my guess. Would you like an episode title or do you want to lock it in? Episode title. Flashes before your eyes. Should be, it could be Carl. <laughs> it just makes me think of the room and like what was going on. I don't know. I'll stick with Saeed. It is a Desmond episode. Oh, because he's psychic. Well, shit. I'm stupid. I even thought that earlier. Final thoughts on the episode, Lauren? I really liked it. I'll be honest. Like, you guys have been saying that season three gets kind of bad. And I'm like, that's so disappointing because so far, I think it's been really good. It has been really good. It's my favorite season. I personally think there, while there are some bad episodes in the middle, Kate thinks there's significantly more. Hmm. I think the problem is there are moments where plot really doesn't get pushed forward, but there are some great character moments, and I eat that shit up. Yeah, I guess. You? What do you mean you guess? You haven't even gotten there yet. I guess I like character moments. Oh, okay. Well, Zane, I'll see you in like three days. Something happening? Oh, I might get married. We'll see. <laughs> I was going to make a joke that... It was poetic that we recorded I Do the week that you were getting married. And then we also recorded an episode where a woman is kind of responsible for the death of her ex-husband. So who knows what will happen in your in your nuptials? Wow, lovely. I don't know if poetic is the word I would use for that, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh... So next time you hear my voice, it'll be the voice of a married woman. And you'll be like, wow, she sounds so different. Probably because I'll be married. I'm just kidding. Everybody keeps asking me like, oh my gosh, are you ready to be a wife? I'm like, I, I fucking guess it's going to be the same. Some of the the callers like didn't know that you were getting married. And like that information was just kind of like being spread a little bit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she's getting married this week. It's like, oh. Like they would jump, no no invite, and I was just like, I barely got invited. Yeah, sorry all. Um, I'm pretty upset that even five people are gonna watch me get married. <laughs> I, I'd prefer to do it in like a dark room, nobody watching. I've I've been told that you don't even want Andrew to be there. Andrew doesn't want me to be there. I'll tell you that. I don't I, th- I don't think Andrew wants Andrew to be there. It's gonna be awkward. We're awkward people. We don't like attention. But anyway. That's I'm why I do a whole gonna, podcast. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you guys are just going to like high five instead of kiss. I mean, I don't know about that, but just close your eyes for the for that part. <laughs> anyway, that's all we got, folks. Um, go find us on all the socials at Lauren Gets Lost Pod on TikTok, at Lauren Gets Lost Pod on Instagram, at Lauren Gets Lost on. I can't say X, it's Twitter. Who uses that anymore, anyway? Not us. Find us on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube so I have to read my shitty fanfic that I have not started. And give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Send us a DM. Don't forget to send in your questions for flashbacks. And tune in on Friday to hear the world's worst spelling bee. And then join us next week for Ashes Before Your Eyes? Question mark. Yeah, you got it. Nice. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.